YoMTG Taps is brought to you by StarCityGames.com. This weekend, the Star City Games Open Series comes to St. Louis. Check it out if you're in the area and follow along with the coverage on StarCityGames.com. Stay tuned after this week's episode for a bonus interview with QuietSpeculation.com's Kelly Reed. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 27 of Yo MTG Taps. This is Big Head Joe. This is Joey Pasco. And we are chilling in Joe's dining room as usual. Um, so, uh, is there anything important for us to uh, discuss this week? Anything like groundbreaking that's going on in the world of Magic the Gathering? I don't think anything's happened since at least the last 10 days. Like maybe Grand Prix Manila was about the most interesting thing. And we talked about that last week. Oh, yeah. Okay, so we're, guess we're good, right? So we're good. All right. All right thanks All right, for listening, everybody. Thanks, everybody. Uh, take it easy. Thanks for listening. All right. Uh, so uh, now that we've uh, gotten that out of the way, uh, let's uh, discuss the real... Uh... Yeah, let, let, now for real. Now, this may actually make everybody want to just stop listening to us. We were just listening to Hanson's new album. And uh, throwback to 1993, Crash, Crash Test, test dummies. dummies. Yeah. And we were singing along. Um, we certainly were. With, with Crash Test Dummies, we, Hanson's new album, we don't know it well enough yet yeah, we're, to, uh, we'll, to sing along. We'll get it. We'll, we'll, we'll give you guys like a, uh, a nice like acapella rendition of Make It Out Alive at the end of one of these episodes. Um, <laughs> if you don't see the correlation, you know, the, the, the Crash Test Dummies is what we were listening to first. And the song is, mm, 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 and then somehow that, you know, the obvious jump there is right to mbop. Mm, right, 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 of course. So, so, so that's what happened. Naturally. Exactly. Naturally. So this episode, we're going to talk about the new extended format, the changes that they've made to extended. Uh, we'll mention, of course, the le- legacy changes. Right. And we're, we're going to talk about three new M11 spoilers that, uh, that we got. So, uh, what do you want to start with? I want to start with the new Extended, because that's honestly the thing I'm most excited about. Um, actually, real quick, I got to play Arch Enemy this past weekend. Um, you know, we did the Arch Enemy launch party, mm-hmm. and it's a lot of fun. And let me just say, on Sunday, we played EDH with Arch Enemy and Plane Chase. All in the same In the same game. One, it was four on one. Um... And that was ridiculousness. That was some of the most ridiculous magic I've ever played. So who who was there and who won? Uh, Dave Heilker well, uh, he from was, Go2Job he was the arch enemy, was the arch enemy naturally. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and Liz Richardson and myself and Ralph and Raphael were all there. And uh, we were all playing. And Dave won because he went infinite with... Uh, with um, the guy that makes Graveborn tokens. Um, like zombie tokens? Or? No, they're Graveborn tokens. Is that a, they're is that 3-1 something? hasty guys. Uh, he's a cold snap legend. He's Jund Colors. Oh, oh is it, uh, it like Sethkuar or something like that? Sekuar Deathkeeper. Sekuar Deathkeeper. Yeah, yeah that guy. Um, and to be fair, Dave didn't put an infinite combo in there. He was borrowing someone's deck. And then one of the arch enemy cards let him search for two cards. Oh wow! And he was like, 
He grabs the guy who made the deck. He's like, I think these are an infinite combo with that, right? He's like, yeah, that's the infinite combo in the deck. And he's like, all right. <laughs> Shoves them in his hand and wound up going infinite on us. But um, the reason why I brought it up uh, is because Star City is actually um, doing a sale on the um, Arch Enemy packs and the... Uh, Plane chase packs. Well, I think they sold out of the plane chase stuff. No, 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 no. They I, no, sold I, out of that deal. They had a certain deal where you got everything. Every all you got all forty planer cards for ten bucks. That's long gone. Yeah. No, the one that they have still going is you can get all four arch enemy decks mm-hmm. and everything for sixty bucks, or all four plane chase decks for fifty bucks. Yeah, that's which is just this is just cool. If you haven't played either one of those formats and you want. The, you know to just jump in and you want all the stuff that's really good price you know what I mean yeah, like absolutely. you might as well just pick it up but uh you know we weren't asked to do that that was a totally voluntary yeah yeah plug on my part because I love multiplayer and I love casual formats so like that's it's a good opportunity to pick those up on the cheap while they're st- while they still have them so right if you like that kind of thing get them um, so uh, we'll just go right into the uh, the June 18th DCI banned and restricted list announcement. Um, most of you probably have heard this by now, but uh, but just so we can... If you haven't, you don't have the internet and you're not listening to us anyway. Yeah, exactly. You hear us like through the window. like somebody's... Apparently you're standing outside of my house. Yeah, there's a homeless guy down here. Or they have my house bugged, which is quite possible. Hmm. So um, I'm not going to read the whole thing exactly, right. but... Uh, the, the changes to Legacy, since we'll just say, say that first since we're not going to talk too much about that. Uh, Mystical Tutor is banned. Grim Monolith is no longer banned. And is now $35. That's $35. I need to dump my... I have like six or seven now. You need just to, randomly. You need to dump them. Wow. Uh, Illusionary Mask is no longer banned. I'm not sure the significance of that in Legacy, but it's unbanned. So it, at least gives people, apparently, another option. Somebody was saying... It, it was Patrick Chapin, and his article today was mentioning how... Um, he was saying about Phyrexian Dreadnought that you could... Like, a, a player could use Illusionary Mask to play... You know, and pay two for X and use maybe Dark Confidant or Phyrexian Dreadnought, and uh, a, a blue player wouldn't know... It would be like a mind game. They don't know if they're playing the Dreadnought or something like Dark Confidant. Something like that. Um, so I guess it, it it throws kind of the whole onslaught, you know, uh, block mechanic uh, into the mix. I mean, not that it wasn't in the mix in Legacy anyway, but just the whole, like, what is that? What could that be? Because all I know is, you know, it's a 2-2 right now, but it, and it has morph. That's as much as I know. And with this, you can play anything that way. All you know is what its casting cost is equal Maxim. to or less than. Right. right. So, uh, I guess it makes things sort of interesting. Um, the, uh, I think the, of, of bigger importance is, um, is Mystical Tutor being banned, because it sounds like uh, Ad Nauseam Tendrils is... It, it's, they're not necessarily uh, terrible now. Uh, Tendrils and Reanimator both use that card, and now that makes those decks significantly weaker. I don't know how significant it is, but it's apparently like everybody that's uh, everybody who wants to everybody who plays those decks is is whining like, yeah about that being banned and uh, my response to any and all 
like hemming and hawing from the peanut gallery is to just start. Yeah, just stop bitching and start brewing. Was that's what, you that's said what I said. Stop I mean, bitching, start brewing. And that know, applies like, to the new extended as yeah, well. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like you know, you're whining, except unless you're a vin- unless you're vintage players. Apparently, your whining isn't going to get any sort of policies changed. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like it's like that's this is what it is. Like the the new extended is new extended. It's like you can spend time complaining about it. Yeah. Or you can start coming up with decks. I mean, it's a new format, you know? Awesome. I love that kind of stuff. You know, I love, yeah. like, opportunities to for people to be creative. And if it's not, like, myself being creative or, like, players as a whole, the creative deck builders will be creative. And it's exciting to see these Just, things exactly. develop. Right. You know? Like, so it's win-win, I feel. Um, so, Extended. Right? Used to be the last seven years of sets. Now it's the last four years of sets. This is huge because, obviously, we, we lose three years of sets. And it's not like... See, it's not like this is... It's not like this change is coming um, when Scars comes out. Right. This is like, as of July 1st. Right, right. So it's like... Usually you're like, okay, I've got a few months to prepare for rotation. Mm-hmm. This was like, oh, I've got ten days... To get ready for a rotation of three years of sets. Yeah. Whoa. Like, it was just like, whoa, really? Like, yeah. That was a shocker. It was. I mean, basically, what it ends up being is, uh, as of July 1st, the extended format is made up of Time Spiral, Planar Chaos, Future Sight, 10th Edition, Lorwyn, Morningtide, Shadowmoor, Eventide, Shards, Conflux, and Alara Reborn, Magic 2010, Zendikar, World Wake, and Rise of the Eldrazi. So basically everything since Time Spiral. Just before Time Spiral was Cold Snap, that's gone. Dark Depths, the biggest, you know, part of the, the, the biggest piece of the biggest combo in Extended this past, you know, season, uh, gone. It's just, just it, they didn't even ban it. It just they cut it out. They cut the whole damn set out of the format. I think it's great. I think it's great. I too. think that's great for the format. Like, yeah, well, because I felt like Dark Depths was such a degenerate deck, and I really felt like I really wasn't like I actually was kind of excited about Extended um, for a period of time, and mm-hmm. like when I saw like the Scape Shift decks coming around, right. and then like seeing Zoo doing real well, like and I was Hypergenesis like, seemed like Hypergenesis it was, be was a cool little combo deck. I was pretty excited about, and I understand why they banned it now with Rise of the Eldrazi legal, but um, yeah, like I totally understand that. But um, I thought it was a cool format. But then like once Dark Depths just started like taking over everything, it was just like oh, I don't really care. I'm like okay, let's see which. Like, which player won with Dark Depths? You know right. what I mean? Like Exactly. It's like, okay. And See, I have less of a... Uh, I, I'm less concerned with degenerate combos than with decks that just totally take over a format. Which well, usually, usually there's, that's, that's the reason they take over the format. So I'm not saying that, but what I'm saying is like when almost everybody is playing that same deck, or not almost everybody, but so many people... It just becomes boring. Like you said, it becomes, really boring. it becomes, let's see who's going to win with this deck. Or who's going to win with this deck that was built to beat this deck. And that's it. You know, there's, it, nobody's being creative and saying, I'm going to make a neat new deck. It's, 
I'm going to play the same deck, or I'm going to play the Haterator deck, and that's it. So, I mean, we we don't uh, know as extended as well as we could, but it this the format was dominated by Thopter Depths, and so uh, to deal with that, the other thing was well to deal with that they they also not only cut the format in half, but they've also banned Sword of the Meek. So the the Thopter depths well the Thopter, the sword. Thopter sword combo is no longer viable uh, and Hypergenesis is banned now I understand it but I'm that part sort of disappoints me because I felt like Hypergenesis was like the kid brother that was like looking up the Thopter depths going I want to be good I want to be good and then they're like we're gonna cut Dark Depths out and it's like oh good I can be good now oh but you're banned too like poor little kid Hypergenesis. <laughs> You know, like, it was like, I, you know, kept looking up, trying to be as good as his older brother, you know, as his big brother, and then he kind of, I, I, and I know it made the finals, or, or it made the, the top eight of Pro Tour, uh, was it Austin, the one Kibler just won? Yeah. Right. So, was that the finals, or was it, it, it may not have been the finals, I can't remember it now, it's... I can't while, remember but, either, but it, it but feels like it was the final. Yeah, I know that was the big. The no, no, no. I think it was actually the the top eight. I think he lost. I think was it Saito playing it? Well, Saito was playing it, but the guy. Remember the the big controversy was that the guy played Hypergenesis and Angel of Despair and didn't destroy anything. Yeah, so I didn't think it was the finals, but it felt like it because that's the memorable match. You know, it's like that was the the just like everybody remembers the Lightning Helix moment. Uh, you know, a, a couple of years ago, that wasn't in the finals either. That was for for uh, Craig Jones to get to the finals. So that was in the semis. Right. But um, anyway, so you know, Hypergenesis did. It, it was a deck. It was a force. But I felt like it didn't. It didn't ever live up to its potential, and now it's been chopped off at the knees. And you know, right. But I mean, but that was also you got to remember that was also pre. Eldrazi Giants. No, and I'm, like I said, I understand it, but I'm disappointed by it. Yeah, sure. So, I mean, so like, I yeah, wanted would, to see that happen. It would be fun to see that, and I love that deck. You know what I mean? Yeah, Personally. you played with it. I remember you playing with it a bit. Like, we, we tested, I had, you know, Lorwyn Block Fairies, and I played against you, but right. knowing what you were playing, I just kept countering Hypergenesis. <laughs> yeah. Which <laughs> is like a spell, spell star sprite. Like... <laughs> I would just sit there and counter your hypergenesis, and it didn't seem like you did much. Oh, uh, side panda. <laughs> so, uh, so those are the only two cards banned from extended right now because all the other cards that were banned and extended aren't legal anymore, like Ether Vial, Disciple of the Vault, Sensei's Defining Top, and Skull Clamp. So, um, people are really upset, mostly I think because of all the people that paid twenty five dollars for Dark Depths. And now Dark Depths is going to be two fifty or twenty five cents. Some you know some movement of the decimal point, you know. which is great, right? Because now I can I can actually get one and just you know I can put it back my merit age token and actually you know. I can put it back in my uh, my Balfour the Defiled EDH deck. There you go. I had I had one. I was like like when I, when they when, when they when it first started going up, I was like ooh. I can. I was like, I had Dark Depths in my Balthor EDH deck for forever, just for no reason. Right. And then I saw Hex Mage. I'm like, ooh, I could put a Hex Mage in my Balthor the Defiled EDH deck. And I was like, or I could chuck this shit on the eBay and make <laughs> some fifty quick dollars off because I had one, and then I had another one in my binder. I was like, or yeah. I can make fifty bucks. And I was right. like, guess what? I don't need a Dark Depths in my EDH that bad. Right. 
So, and I, I guess I understand people feeling like that, but this is how this game works. That is. It's just things things are released, things rotate, the format changes, cards go up, cards go down. It's just the way it happens. Now, John Ugald said, made a point which I think was uh, it may have been a better idea, but the problem is it's, it's like it, it was, it, the, these changes were made with the information from this past season. Right, because the uh, the information was not many people were playing extended. It was just not as popular as they wanted it to be, and that's why they made this change. John's point was that they should have announced this maybe at the beginning of the last extended season. That way, people knew after this season these cards are going to drop. That way, dark depths wouldn't have shot up because people would have been like, "Well, it's going to rotate, so it might have only been." $15. Now, that, that would have been great because people wouldn't have been so upset because it wouldn't have been just dropped on them, you know, 12 days before it happens, right? 12, yeah, it's 12 days before the changes. But the problem is they didn't have the information to make the decision. They didn't know that it was going to be so unpopular. Um, so, I, as, as great as that would have been, and I think it would have been better, they would have actually needed a crystal ball or, you know, to somehow foresee that, like, or, you know, I, I don't know, some sort of future site they would have needed. I'm sorry, I had to keep making terrible magic puns. <laughs> Foreshadowing. Yeah, so, um, anyway, I think it's awesome. I'm excited because it becomes what people are calling super standard or double standard, and we can, you know, decks that were viable or were strong when they were in standard, can be like the starting point for this new extended. Um, you know, you can look back and go, fairies was awesome. What happens if you put creeping tar pit in, you know, and and any other awesome things that Blue has gotten in the past few years? Um, you know, I'm, not, I'm definitely not one to complain about the decisions that they make about changing formats and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> but I do really like the name double standard yeah. with the way that it kind of implies that Wizards cares about the collections of vintage players but not about anyone else's collections. Like, because, like, you know, it's like, oh, well, oh, we're going to protect yeah, yeah. the value of the reserved list, but then, like, everything else... We don't care. Whatever, right? like, you know... Sounds like a double standard to me. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, you know, I just, I, I, I find a lot of humor in that. I don't think that it's a double standard, but, like... But it is kind of ironic. I, I, like, the, I like the name for that reason. It just kind of cracks me up. Um, but I think that um, the new extended format is going to be really exciting. I, I, well, I mean, the other thing we should probably mention is that once um, Scars comes out... Time Spiral, Time Spiral Block and 10th Edition. Both are gone. Both right. are gone. So, come October, our extended is going to be M10, M11, Lorwyn Block, Shadowmore Block, Shards Block, and Zendikar Block. So, here's here's one of the points that I wanted to make, or something that I've been thinking about. No Tarmogoyf in Extended. No Tarmogoyf in Extended, first of all. That's interesting. Unless they reprint No it. Mystical Teaching. Unless they reprint Unless it. Unless they reprint it, but I mean, at the moment, 
No mystical teachings, which was a huge deck. Well, it will be. I'm saying as of as, as of, of October. Yeah, yeah, as of Scars of Mirrodin. Uh, I'm because that's what was my first inclination. I was like, oh wow, mystical teachings. I can play that, and it'll be viable and extended. And it's like, oh, it won't be for very long. So no, you know, not unless I'm playing extended between now and then, which I, I don't know if I will. I so focus on standard that I bought a plain chase deck. And it's still in the box. And the receipt is still with it. And it was months ago. Like, it was right after Plane Chase came yeah. out. I'm like, oh, cool, I'll buy one. And it's under my bed. Um, <laughs> I'm hoping at this point not to ever open it and for them to just, you know, triple in value in, on eBay at some point and and, uh, and then I can sell it for, you know, 60 bucks or something, right? Because right. that's what happened with... Uh, that's what happened to the dual decks. Jason Chandra, like the Jace versus Chandra one, is now 60 bucks on eBay. And I was like... So ready to buy that so many times just to get like the alternate art counterspell and the factor fiction and stuff. And uh, so we we got an email from a guy uh, Jonathan Force who who was commenting on our uh, our discussion of the the dual decks uh, the, when we were talking about Elspeth versus Tezzeret coming out soon, and um, we said something about them being for new players. He he brings up the fact that. They're also good for speculators, people who want to buy something that's going to go up in value because uh, Goblins versus Elves, ha- he said he's seen some sell for $100. Uh, Jace versus Chandra, 50 to $60. Divine versus Demonic is now $40. Garrick versus Liliana, which is still kind of available, has gone for over $20, which is about retail. So, uh, you know, as I was saying before we got off, but way off track. Uh, I wanted to play Teachings. I, that was my first inclination. Teachings and Fairies, which are two of my favorite decks. But uh, Teachings is probably not going to happen um, just because I don't anticipate playing much extended, at least not before the rotation coming up. So, so Time Spiral Block, barring anything that's reprinted from it, the significant losses are Mystical Teachings to Fairy um, and Tarmogoyf are huge. Mm-hmm. So so that's going to be interesting. Um, but until then, we do have Pro Tour Amsterdam, which will have Time Spiral Block legal, mm-hmm. which also kind of makes things interesting because uh, <clears throat> we're going to see this format and everybody's going to look at it, but it's still not going to be the same format as everybody else is going to have once the extended season starts coming. So it, it actually says, all right, we just completely changed the face of the format, go at it, and then when your season starts, you're going to have to do it again. It's going to have to be, you know, more brewing. I think it's so cool. More creativity is going to have to happen. I mean, unless somebody, uh, unless a deck does well that uses very little or no time spiral block cards. Sure. Uh, and that can happen. But, uh, yeah, exactly. Um, and I mean, so that's at, something you can possibly predict. Look at something like fairies. You know what I mean? Like, right. Fairies, you could almost literally play the block deck. Um, it loses, I mean, it wouldn't lose anything from the block deck. But one of the cards that was in Fairies and Standard was Ancestral Vision. That's gone. Uh, that will be gone. But, after, yeah, but not for this PTQ. No, no, not, for, not, the, for, that, not for the Pro Tour. Not for Pro Tour Amsterdam. I'm talking about after after the rotation, mm-hmm. you'll you'll still have the Fairies block deck, but it won't have Ancestral but you, Vision. But you will have Shared Discovery. Yeah, and that makes things interesting, too. Shared, shared Discovery of all cards. No, so, it's actually... Uh, interesting choice, but that—that's a sorcery, am I right? Yeah, it's a sorcery, um, but still, it's an interesting possibility 
tap four untapped creatures you control, draw three cards. But the fact that it's a sorcery, I think that's actually huge for, for fairies because you don't want to tap four creatures on your turn. You know, that seems like Probably a not terrible like, idea. But I mean, but you've got, I mean, like, if you're running Bitter Blossoms and you're running things like that, you've got a lot of creatures. You know what I mean? Like so. Right. Well, I mean, it really, you're going to have to really significantly have a lot more creatures. And uh, even Chapin said, and, and this is in his article today, and he even mentions that um, these are just first drafts. Obviously, these haven't been tested, but he said even Jace, you know, Jace the Mind Sculptor, who seems like it would be great in any blue deck, right? He didn't have it in his main deck, I don't think, because it's a sorcery. And fairies is all about being, you know, instant speed. Ancestral Visions works because it's a turn one play, or it's a one mana play, and once it actually resolves, you know, you're not paying any mana for it. What about like a, like an Esper style, like black white tokens mm-hmm. kind of style deck, with splashing blue for like shared discovery and like some other like key cards. Like yeah, I don't know. That could be interesting. It's really, really, you just want to look back at standard and look and see what decks you think are strong, and then try to make them stronger because you have all these other sets to choose from that you didn't have before. Um, I, I keep mentioning Chapin's article, but that's because I just read it this morning. But he has a five-color control list, and he brings up, well, how uh, how do you know what you're supposed to, what problems you're supposed to be solving exactly? You know, uh, you, you can't necessarily build a control deck with answers to questions you haven't seen. So, so even something like five-color control, it could be a great deck, but you're going to need a lot of versatile answers in that deck. It may not be something that shows up at first, but it may show up after the first couple weeks, maybe even after the first big, you know, extended PTQ or something. I mean, I, I, I've definitely been trading for lots of different pieces for fairies, so I mean, yeah. obviously I'm going to wind up playing Red Deck Wins. Yeah, pretty much, right. <laughs> um, uh, Jund. Jund is a strong deck. Jund. Can you imagine? Okay, like somebody had posted this on Twitter this morning, mm-hmm. and it blew my friggin' mind. Somebody was like talking about Jund with Tarmogoyf. Well, that's what I was just about to say. That's what Chapin said. Yeah. Jund with Tarmogoyf. Unfortunately, or fortunately, however you want to look at it, it's not going to be around for long. But yeah, Chapin said that too. It doubles their, you know, they have a, a huge two drop, either Putrid Leech or Tarmogoyf. You mean that meaning they're probably playing eight, you know, four of each, or or something approaching eight, and so they're the capacity for them to play something ridiculous on turn two, especially, you know, Twilight Mire helps a hell of a lot with the mana, right? Because that that putrid leech, if it's there, Twilight Mire's fine, you know, it's it's gonna work. So, uh, so I think a very a very aggressive version of Jund, of course, is is viable. At least for, uh, I, I mean, a more aggressive version of John. You know, because John can can be can lean. You know, it can be very aggressive or it can be more mid rangey and and control. Like what? What are you laughing about? You know that this is a significant event in Magic, where we've been recording for like thirty minutes and haven't talked about standard once. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I was yeah, like, I was like, I just realized I'm like, we've been talking all this time and we haven't even started mentioning standard, like. Whoa, this is intense. Like, yeah. Just uh, just to also mention, cards to pick up right now, I think. 
it's uh, Kelly Reed said, "F it, everything's exploding. Buy everything." <laughs> so when Kelly Reed's <laughs> flustered, like you know, things are in flux. Right. Like but he, here's my, if you want to speculate, cards like Umazawa's Jite, Shocklands, all these things have just been cut from extended. Theoretically, their price their prices plummet. I think when they plummet, you want to scoop them up as much as possible. Absolutely. Because I really think that this whole Masks block version of Legacy, like Masks Onward, um, is a very is more of a potential reality after this announcement. Because what ends up happening, we have Legacy and Vintage, which are like kind of dominated by very very old cards, right? You know, power and, and things like that. Now we have standard, which is of course the last two years. Double standard is the last four years, and now we have kind of all these cards in limbo in between, which include things like Mirrodin Block, Kamigawa Block, Ravnica Block, all very popular sets with very strong and popular cards. So, unless they're reprinted, like the Shocklands and things like that, or Umazawa's Jite, I can't imagine how they'd reprint that unless they revisit Kamigawa, like, flavor-wise, because I don't think it goes in a core set. I don't think they'll reprint it, but right. anyway, then those cards are kind of in this limbo, and I think that means those are the cards... I'm just going to hold what I've got. I've got, a, I've got four GTAs. I've got a ton of the Shocklands, you know. I, I don't have a playset of every one, but, I mean, I've got close... I've got a playset of most of them and a couple I'm missing, so, I mean, I technically lose out, but I'm, it doesn't bother me because I'm just going to hold the cards. They're still playable. They're just not playable and extended. So I, I just really think that with this announcement comes uh, it, more indication that they're considering some sort of tweener uh, <laughs> tweener format, right? So it's like, like Hanson? It's leg-stended or something. <laughs> like, like Hanson? Like, you know... We already talked about Hanson once. We've reached our Hanson quote. I will have to save that for next week. Another thing that I wanted to mention is the World Wake Manlands, which are they're ridiculous cards, but they're so cheap right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, not only because of this new extended, but I think in general, those are the cards you want to grab now and just hold them. Trade for them and hold them. Because there's going to be a point not too long from now when World Wake is not being opened anymore. And suddenly people are going to need those manlands and they're not going to be as easily they're not going to be as easy to find i think the manlands those plug right in like i said about fairies chapin said chapin took the fairies deck and added two deprives and and creeping tar pit and it's like those were just in the last two sets you know that and those cards are there and if fairies is explosive and rampant and extended in, in double standard um and Creeping Tar Pit is a big part of that deck, and World Wake stops being open because nobody's drafting it anymore, already people have switched to Rise. I think the Manlands have a lot of potential, because just look at them. They're dual lands and Manlands, and they have the potential to go in so many more decks now that Extended has been kind of weakened in a way. Like because of the cards that used to be in Extended, half of them are gone, the format loses a lot of its power and makes the manlands from World Wake more viable, in my opinion. So I wanted to mention that. Yeah, I, I I've been thinking about um, 
I mean, I picked up a bunch of exotic orchards this weekend. It's so right now because the format is wide open. Speculation is almost like there's so many cards that are cheap that you almost want to grab them because they're cheap, just because of the possibility of them being ridiculous. Now, going out and trying to scoop up misbind clicks after people all are aware of this announcement is going to be tougher. You know, at, at this point, I know you just did, you just scooped them up, but you also went and bought Sunken Ruins at eight bucks, right? Is that I don't know how much they were last week before this announcement. I don't think they were much cheaper. Ma- maybe that, they honestly. weren't. I-, I don't know. To me, I felt like they were about eight bucks. Eight, they were like eight to eleven when they were in standard. But they so. were being played in fairies and extended. Yeah, so they were still up there. I don't know. How, I don't know how much they really were, but that's how much I paid for them. So whatever. Right. So th- the obvious cards that are going to be good are going to go up before we even see any extended played. But if you can kind of, you know, tune your brain. To think outside the box a little bit and think, all right, this card is so cheap right now. I'm gonna grab even just the playset. You don't lose much, right? You know how, how much are exotic orchards? Did didn't you just did you just trade for some or did you buy? I some? got them for like a dollar twenty five each or something okay. like that. So if uh, it's just another potential for uh, for value if it goes up to two dollars. And the guy was even saying those were in that box. Like the guy was like, oh, what he was surprised that yeah, they were he was in like, that those were in box. The, they were in that box. I was like, yep. I have so many of those cards because I never traded them right. away. Once the format rotated, they just sat in a binder. And uh, like Alexander Shearer, uh, Paracum on Twitter, who also writes for, for Channel Fireball, mentioned, um, you know, uh, he wrote an article for, I think on, it was, I think it was on Quiet Speculation about how he doesn't really dump all his cards, and and I'm that way too. Um, well, you have your block decks built. That's another life. thing. I keep the decks together that I like because I want to go back and play them. So right. I have fairies. I have uh, five color control, mono blue pickles, and five color control and mystical teachings. I have all, dragon storm onslaught block goblins onslaught. Yeah, I have all those <laughs> decks still built in the same sleeves too. Like you know, I just, <laughs> yeah, I, I like having I like going back and looking, going ah, I loved this deck. That's why I kept it together. You know, I have affinity built with uh, disciple disciple no no skull clamp in there. It was post skull clamp banning. So I'm guessing no either vial either. A vials in there because I think skull clamp was banned before ether vial because I wouldn't have built it that way otherwise. I would oh, well. I built it for standard even though I had the skull clamps. Um, I built it for standard and so it's got a uh, cranial plating in it, mm-hmm. which you know I can't remember how things got ended up getting banned at which points. I think vial ended up. I don't know if that was ever banned in standard. I think it became banned and extended. Either vial had to have been banned in standard. I, I don't know. It um, doesn't matter. Anyway, I still have the deck that at one point was still... At one point, it was standard legal. Right, so. right. So I think the one thing that I really have... Like, that I've been thinking about concerning M11, mm-hmm. given this whole announcement, mm-hmm. is I really feel like M11 could be one of the most like staple heavy core sets that we've had in a very long time. The reason why is because it's almost like okay, we've got M10 mm-hmm. which has to be the core set for extended and standard come this September come this October, mm-hmm. right? M11 is the other core set that's okay. going to feed standard and extended. So I feel like between those two core sets I think that like because they have to replace a lot. I see what you're saying. They like like they don't have to replace a lot. They don't have to do anything. Right. 
But I feel like they're going to really want to put as many staples as they can. Or, or cards that resemble staples. Exactly. Right. Like, I mean, like, Condemn's coming back. You know right. what I mean? Like, I don't know if Condemn, given this whole new thing, I'm not 100% sure if Condemn would come back had this extended format not already been figured out. I would assume it has, because I think M11's been almost... From what I understand, M11 was pretty much finished by the time M10 was, like, being opened by us, you know, last summer. Because because of the timeline that they need to worry about, they they almost need to... Like, they're, they're at least a year ahead. A right, but... Okay, so... I'm sure they can change things and modify things, but I'm, I'm just saying I think a lot of it was was already set. I honestly didn't read BDM's article about the new extended. Mm-hmm. Um, did... Like, did they, like, specify when they made this decision? Uh, because, like, I feel like this is one of those things that they wouldn't just, like... Like, be sitting around having a few beers one night and be like, You know what? Let's cut three years out of extended. Yeah, it's a great idea. When do you want to start it? July 1st. That's like three weeks from now. So what? <laughs> like, well, it, it sounds like, um... Like, it seems like something that they would be like, like, let's monitor extended this year. That's That, I think, is probably more likely. And if, and if it doesn't do well this year, we make this change. You know what I mean? Like, it seems like one of those things where they're like, yeah. we have this idea. I don't think that they just come up with ideas and throw them out of the course, fire. Of course, yeah, of course. So I feel like this is something that they were considering at the time that they were at least wrapping up making M11. And, and I, that I agree with. I you know, that, and so that's, that kind, that's kind of where my mindset is with it. So I really feel like M11 is going to be a very strong core set. Is, it already looks. That's what I'm strong. saying. Like, yeah, from, I think you're right. Given the spoilers we've seen so far and the ones we're about to talk about, mm-hmm. um, I feel like we've really seen some strong stuff, and I feel like this core set's going to have to. It needs to carry a lot of weight. Yeah. You know, between this core set and M10, they both need to carry. And it, like two entire formats. Yeah, that's you, a very good point. And and if they did have the foresight to do the that, the foresight. If they, if if they had the foresight, yeah, they did have the foresight. Aaron foresight. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so uh, no, I agree with with you. I think I think this set really could be that way if if they were at all uh, you know keen on the idea of making this huge change and, and looking at um. At BDM's article, uh, he said, I'm just going to kind of skim this or paraphrase it. Eric Lauer explained that people were just not playing the format in any significant numbers unless it was dictated that they had to for a Pro Tour qualifier season. Um, the uh, people whose cards rotate out of standard, extended is supposed to be the place where they can think about still playing their decks. But in a seven-year extended, there's a lot to catch up on. This way, it really is only a year of catch-up if you think about it. Um... You used to have to catch up on three years of cards if you wanted to start playing Extended. Uh, Scott Larrabee said there was some talk about creating something they called Double Standard to exist in between Extended and Standard. They quickly realized, however, that something else needed to happen once they looked at the attendance numbers and frequency of Extended events over the past few years. So maybe what it is is they were thinking about Double Standard as an additional format, still would which still would apply to your theory about M11, because now M11 would still have to be 
uh, holding up two formats. Two formats, right? Right. Uh, we'd still have to hold the, hold up in standard and hold up this double standard, you know, tweener format, right? Um, but then they decided to just nix extend it all together, or just not necessarily nix it, but entirely change it. And M11 still would be doing the same, uh, fulfilling the same role. So that's an interesting theory. I guess we'll we'll see more as far as uh, as, as soon as we start seeing more M11 cards. Right. And um, but the thing, and, and I say this in my article that's that's posting on Friday. This this uh, episode's posting on Friday as well, but. I have a, a blog post going up on IWantMyMTG.com regarding our three spoilers. Um, something about the core set, like as of M10 and then uh, from what we've seen of M11, it just feels so nostalgic to me. It almost feels more nostalgic than Time Spiral Block did, and Time Spiral was specifically trying to be nostalgic. But like looking at these cards, it really does. It feels like the same... As it did when I saw things like Shiv and Dragon and Force of Nature back, you know, in 1994, 95. Um, you know, it, I feel like I'm looking at these cards and they give me that same feeling. And I can't figure out what it is, but it's so great. You know, everything's just so, like, clean and elegant. There's nothing complicated. There's nothing, uh, you know, too deep in flavor. Meaning, like... It, Everything, it's very, like, generic. Like, this is a freaking dragon. That's what it is. It's not some, you know, mix between an octopus and a dragon with a new name that we made up for this plane, and it's got metal arms and crap. It's like, it's not some kind of new fantasy creation that that is supposed to have all this, you know, it's supposed to be communicating all this uh, flavor in just, just uh, the only source is this one card of this flavor. It's dragon. The source of flavor for that is every time something's ever mentioned a dragon ever in the world. <laughs> so uh, it's just like it's just fantastic. I love. I forget about it because I got used to M10 and then Zendikar came out and I got wrapped up in that and I was kind of like M11 whatever. I'm not even excited about it. But as soon as we start seeing cards roll in, I'm like, wow, I really do love these core sets. I love to see what they do. They have nailed core sets. Like they have. Like, I mean, they nailed the last corset, and so far what we've seen. Yeah, no, I'm just yeah. saying, like, like this was, I think, one of the best changes they've ever made. Yeah, absolutely. Like, they've made changes over the years to varying degrees, and, you know, of course, like, there are some people that have been unhappy with every change that's ever happened, mm-hmm. uh, and to those people, I'd like to say, well, you know, there's still, you could go buy Yu-Gi-Oh cards. Would you, I mean, you've seen the interview that Evan Irwin did with Aaron Forsyth. Yes. Would you call Evan, uh, Aaron, uh, Aaron Irwin, Evan Forsyth? <laughs> oh my God, my brain. Would you call Aaron Forsyth an idiot to his face? I wouldn't call him an idiot in general. No, I'm just saying, like, no, no. like, like these He's... people who have been complaining about, like, different changes that they've done, like... I dare them to walk up to Aaron Forsyth and say, you're an idiot. Before you could even he would, say it, he would, he would melt you him. with his eyes. <laughs> he would just melt you with his eye lasers and you would crumble to dust. He may just return you to your controller's hand. Because <laughs> he said he reminds himself of Jace. It's like, that's what he likes to think of himself as when he's playing Magic, is Jason Mind Sculptor. Returns, it's just you, like, returns you to your owner's hand. Aaron Forsyth, yeah. I have a few compl- Yeah. 
<laughs> he just does it at instant speed. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's uh, either that or he destroys like seven permanents. That's... Oh, <laughs> uh, so on to M11. So um, for, for our Star City, for our Star City listeners, um, I, I, I just want to point out that a while back on our website, IWantMyMTG.com, I did a blog post of Aaron Forsyth facts, and it was similar to Chuck Norris facts. Um, and if you want to check those out, you should, and feel free to add some of your own because because uh, it's fun. It was really fun, and Aaron yeah. Forsyth actually appreciated it too. Yeah, <laughs> he retweeted it, which I thought was neat. Yeah, <laughs> pretty cool. So there haven't been a lot of spoilers uh, since last episode. The one one there has been, which is not confirmed. However, it's nearly confirmed. I, I would say uh, Antoine Ruel. Posted on his Facebook, his status was in M11 or, or something like that. It was like reprinted in M11. I'll just click it. Reprinted in M11 is all it said. And his his Facebook, uh, his avatar or his photo is uh, his card, Ranger of Eos. Right? So there were rumors that Ranger was going to be reprinted in M11. Uh, there, people's argument for that was, well, Eos is attached to shards, or I'm attached to uh, Alara, right? But, you know, I, I don't know too much about how, if that argument is even that big of a deal. Like, Eos, it doesn't say Ranger of Alara, for one thing. That is very attached to Alara, but Eos doesn't seem like such a huge uh, tip-off to the flavor, and who cares? I don't, even, cares, know, I don't right? even know what the hell Eos is. Right, I don't really even remember it, and I read the novel, so... Um, anyway, Ranger of Eos... Possibly reprinted in M11 as a rare, which I think would be fantastic because not only is it, uh, it I, I think it's another great embodiment of white, white weenie. You know, people talk about white, it's either like control or weenie tend to be like the white decks, right? Funny, I only have to ever play against white control. Um, <laughs> well, my, white weenie has really not been around in a while. Like, I think the last time I remember it was in... Um, I want to say time spiral block, and it got completely hated out by that uh, that red card. I'm, I want to say it begins with an S, and now I can't remember it. Sulfur elemental. Sulfur elemental. Yeah, it's, it was like a two, Why two, do two I know three. That? Well, I was thinking it's S U, and I couldn't remember the rest, but I knew it, it's got flash and like white creatures get minus one, minus one, or something. Yeah. So uh, you know, we've gotten a reprint of Savannah Lions, an effective reprint in Elite Vanguard, and that used to be like the marquee creature. Like White Weenie is so strong, you know why? Savannah Lions, puppies. You know, as as a friend of ours used to say, um, probably still says, but we haven't really talked to him all that much recently. He definitely has a uh, a cat EDH deck, though. <laughs> yeah, it's odd he calls Savannah Lions puppies, considering they're cats. But, yeah. Um, <laughs> anyway, we have Elite Vanguard, and it's done, like, very little. It shows up in, in Boros Bushwhacker and really nothing else. And Bushwhacker isn't even that... It doesn't even show up that much. And I think at this point, it may have already been cut from that deck. Uh, even people playing Boros may not be playing Elite Vanguard. I, I don't know. I haven't kept up with Boros decks because they haven't really been showing up in the numbers that would have caught my attention. Right. But... I think Ranger of Eos is great because it does, it, you know, it's a great four drop for white to, to be able to search up creatures. But of course, it's any one drop, so we can, you know, we can tutor up 
any anything. I mean, he can. He, I would love to have him still around to keep tutoring up Scoot Mob for another year. You know, hopefully, you know, we'll see another noble hierarch kind of card because I have a feeling that wouldn't be reprinted. It just it seems too awkward to only. Well, it has exalted. It, right, exactly. It has exalted and it only produces bant colors. Right. So I wouldn't see that being reprinted, although it's uh, it's very sad to me. <laughs> but it will still be viable in super standard, you know, double standard. I never know what to say now, this this new extended. It's just extended. But I think it's still viable. And, of course, Ranger, uh, well, Ranger would, would have been in there anyway. But um, So that's the only spoiler that we've seen that's that's come out since last week, uh, aside from the three that we're about to talk about. We, we got some pooled spoilers, so you may see these on some other sites. Uh, some every other site. Maybe, but from what I understand, somebody else mentioned pooled spoilers on Twitter, and they have different pooled spoilers than we have. So I'm wondering if they did something different uh, than usual. Because in the past, we've gotten pooled spoilers, and it's been like five or six cards. Right. This time, we only got three. So right. So what if they decided... These are the pooled spoilers, but we're going to mix them up so that instead of giving everybody all the same ones, we're going to give people a little bit from here and there, and that, that makes it a little more exclusive to some people. Yeah. And I really wish they just decided to go, here's the pooled spoilers, why don't we, instead of giving like everybody, uh, you know, giving th- this number of sites everything, why not just give all those sites one card, and, you know, that way everybody has an exclusive spoiler, but... Uh, I, I don't know. Whatever. We would have wound up with fiery hellhound. So yeah, I mean, that would like... have been terrible. So speaking of which, that's the first spoiler. We're not even kidding. <laughs> One of the pulled spoilers we received was fiery hellhound, and I thought, wow, that art looks familiar. That card is really familiar because it was in M10. Yeah, you showed it to me. You were like, is this a? I'm like, yeah, it's M10 card. You were right. like, oh, it's like I knew I've seen that before. Uh, Fiery Hellhound, for those of you who, like me, did not remember. I don't really know why I wouldn't remember. I mean, it's such a memorable card. It's a great card. It's a 2-2 for Red Red 1, Creature Elemental Hound, common. At least it's common in M10. It's also common in M11. Uh, and it's got Pay a Red, Fiery Hellhound gets plus 1, plus 0 until end of turn. So it's got Fire Breathing. They didn't even give it new art. It's uh, got new flavor text. Um, next we have Crystal Ball, which is a new card. It is an artifact, uncommon, for three. And the, it has the ability, pay one, tap it, and scry two. Very simple. Pretty neat. Gives non-blue decks a way to dig. I mean, mm-hmm. you basically see three cards every turn, right? You scry two deep, and and if you... And and you draw one if you haven't put one of those on top. You, you, you pay to, one, right? Right, you pay one to do it. I mean, like, I don't know, like, how how great any three-casting-cost artifact would be in something like RDW, but, like, I mean, like, it doesn't seem bad to dig three cards during your upkeep for a burn spell or something. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah, I mean, it, it's... But it's just the idea, it's the getting it out. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's going to be, like... The real burden. Like, if you had a zero casting cost artifact that said tap one, tap to scry one, scry two, that, I think that would be a staple in, well, like... Well, it would be very... Yeah, it would be really in good. In red deck. Well, I'm just saying, like, it would be yeah. probably a staple in any deck, but I mean, like... Yeah. I mean, I think even if it cost one, it could be a staple in every deck. Like, Sensei's Divining Top cost one, and it was... 
in the same ballpark as far as similarity, right? Crystal ballpark? Yeah, it was in the same crystal ballpark, right. Uh, <laughs> um, but I think right now, as far as... like, This is a very blue ability, right? Scry. And blue has so many ways to do this already that are better. Jace the Mind Sculptor does a very similar thing. We've got 4C being reprinted. We've got Seagate Oracle, Sea Beyond, Augury Owl, Preordained. So blue is like, does not need a crystal ball. But other colors could potentially use it. I still don't think it really is going to see play, or it may see some sort of fringe play, but it, it is pretty strong to be able to do that, which is why blue uses all the cards it does. All those cards I named, or, or a lot of those cards I named are good blue cards, they're not just throwaways, um, but I still feel like it's uh, it's iffy if it shows up in another deck. Now, I think it's good, I, I say in, in my blog post, that maybe mono-white control, maybe mono-black control, it, it's very much, I feel like it's better in a control deck, and especially if that control deck isn't base blue, or it doesn't even run blue, I think it could actually see some, uh, you know, some more... Play. But I think because mana fixing seems so good, like there would have to be a lot of incentive to not play blue. You know what I mean? Like yeah. Jace is so good. Jace by himself is so good and, and is a reason to play blue. So you really need to have a good reason to not play blue and to you know to want this card. You know, you know what I mean? Yeah. It just seems like uh, you know something mono black with something like uh, consume spirit or, or what is it? Um, corrupt. Corrupt. That's it. Corrupt, I think, is in M11, isn't it? Oh, is it? Corrupt, it says, yeah. It's oh, wow. And and Corrupt, of course, is... That's really interesting, yeah, because it, that has the potential to be a lot more vicious than, uh, I feel, than Consume Spirit. Like, Consume Spirit, like... Uh, what was Consume Spirit? It's a black one, and X, you can spend only black mana on X, it mm-hmm. deals X damage to target creature or player, you gain X life. Okay, that's what I thought. So, like, Consume Cor- Corrupt is... A black damage and five. equal to the number of swamps. Right, corrupt is a black and five. It deals damage equal to the number of swamps. You control the target creature or player. You gain life equal to the damage dealt this way. So that's obviously incentive to play more swamps. So what I'm saying, like that's six mana to deal six damage, uh-huh. as opposed to six mana to deal four damage. Right. Or six or mana to deal a lot more, right? or ten, or twelve. Exactly. I feel like having corrupt in standard, as opposed to consume spirit, makes like you know. It, it always comes back to is mono black control viable in standard yet? Yeah. Like, like I, I don't know why. It just seems like that's the question. That's like the burning question every single yeah. time a new set comes out. But well, people want to play it. That's yeah. what happens because then when it's viable, nobody's gonna nobody's talking about it anymore. Then they're gonna move on to the next deck. Well, where's White Weenie? People are probably <laughs> saying that anyway right now. Like Evan Irwin, is a big fan of White Weenie. Right. So Crystal Ball, interesting. Not I. I don't feel like it sees play outside of uh, some sort of control deck that is not uh, base blue and cannot play Jace or uh, myriad Seagate other Oracle, uh, right? Sea Beyond all these kinds of spells that exactly. are available to you. But it does give other colors the opportunity to do that. So I think that's that's somewhat significant. It could be a very interesting tool. I think that uh, I think that something like Mono White would probably benefit most from something right. like that. Mono White seems like it's. I feel like mono white control could actually see 
the light of day. I got my ass beat by it on Sunday. Yeah, so it's already... And you did just say light of day, didn't you? I did. Oh, my God. (laughs) It's the bad pun episode. It really is. Totally unintentional. Punt. Yeah. Uh, Speaking of non-blue, because there's four other colors. That's a good transition, man. (laughs) No, we we have a green card that I think is another... uh, Another classic, elegant way of, you know, saying, this is green. My absolute favorite card spoiled so far. Yeah? Absolute very, it's very cool. favorite. More than Baneslayer. I've got four Baneslayers. Well, Baneslayer. 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 <laughs> no, Baneslayer is not a spoiler. You know, technically, we just know it's being reprinted. But as far as new cards, I, I, I would say this is up there for me. I, I haven't actually tried to think about what would be my favorite, but... This is really cool. I like this. is very appeals to the mono green in me. And I, I said that about Wolfbriar Elemental. Because something about a 4-4 four, four for 4 mana is just that to me. That's mono green. That's what green is. 4-4 four, four is for 4. So we have a 4-4 four, four for 2 green and 2 more. Creature Beast. Another classic green creature. I love it. Beast. That's it. It's very simple. Anything can almost be a beast, right? It's, uh, it's a rare and when and it's called Obstinate Baloth. When Obstinate Baloth enters the battlefield, you gain four life. And if a spell or ability an opponent controls causes you to discard Obstinate Baloth, put it onto the battlefield instead of putting it into your graveyard. So now, alongside Vengevine, it's like, screw you, Blightning! Go ahead, play Blightning. You know, I mean, Blightning's not going to be around for a lot longer, considering uh, you know it rotates this fall. Unless it's reprinted, right? But uh, I kind of don't see that happening. Um, but considering that uh, discard in general, mm-hmm. it, it discard in general is already weakened by Vengevine um, in mo- against mono green, and now <clears throat> obviously Bailoth does it again. Now this is like it reminds me of Ravenous Bailoth. Oh yeah, right. Ravenous Bailoth was a four four for the same casting cost, and it was sacrifice a beast to gain four life. So in a tribal block, that was fantastic because you could sacrifice other beasts. But the cool thing was, if they remove it, you can sack it and gain four life. Can you imagine a deck in New Extended with this and Wiltleaf Liege right. and Vengevine? Yeah, that was my other uh, my other comparison was Wiltleaf Liege because it has that other ability being that when it's uh, try when when an opponent tries to make you discard it, you can put it into play. So this and, and it and locks it on Hierarch is another one. It it recalls is uh you know locks it on Hierarch was a four four for Green, white, two. When it came into play, you gain four life, and it had the ability uh, sacrifice it. Was it was it sacrifice it, and your other creatures are indestructible? I'm having trouble remembering now. That's uh, a Dauntless Escort. Yeah, I was gonna say it's too similar to uh, Dauntless Escort. It was uh, sacrifice it to regenerate each creature you control. Mm. Sacrifice it and pay a white and a green. So it is similar to Dauntless Escort in that way. I mean, right. they're not indestructible, but you. They are regenerate once, yeah. Yeah. I mean, so, so, uh, I just think four fours for four in green are just classic. And, uh, Ravenous Baloth was a card that I loved back in Onslaught. I know. I still have my four. Contested Cliffs. Yeah. I had a beast deck, yeah. I had so many Contested Cliffs. That was so much fun, that card. It was like Arena. It was like you, your creatures. It was just repetitive, you know, re- removal. Every turn, I'm just going to make your, one of your little guys fight one of my beasts, and my beast's going to live. God, you know what? I'm kind of hoping they reprint Master of the Wild Hunt now. 
Yeah, well, he he makes uh, wolf tokens. What are you just because he's, just because he's he's like removal for yeah. mono green? Yeah, I mean, I think he has the potential to see uh, to to be reprinted in M eleven. I think he was a good he was a good new card in M ten, and I think people like him. He's popular, so I think that uh, I think wizards probably feels the same way. I, I think really as a as a rule, I mean, the people inside wizards are players just like us, mm-hmm. right? So the general consensus outside of Wizards shouldn't be too far off from inside Wizards, right? They want to play f- this fun game, and they just happen to have an input, or, or direct input, as far as what gets reprinted. And Master of the Wild Hunt is a fun card. It's, um, it's not too strong, and it's popular, and it's flavorful, and so I think I could see that definitely being reprinted. Now, if there's some other reason because of something else in the set that may be too similar, then I can see it not making it, but that's just a, you know, a choice saying, well, this card, this card's pretty similar, we want to print this, this is really neat, let's print this and give Master of the Wild Hunt, you know, the year off for right. now, right? So, uh, but but I don't know. I, I liked I liked this card. I think it's really, really flavorful, really neat. I like, I love the classic, you know, the bail off that gains four life. Just fantastic. Um, and being able to just pop out when somebody tries to make you discard just makes discard a, a scary, a scary choice. There was a, what was that, that artifact? It was in Time Spiral Block that was the same thing. It was like a 4-4, four, four, and if somebody made you discard it, uh, it, you could put it into play. There it is, the Decapod. It's a 3-3 three, three for 4 if a spell or ability an opponent controls causes you to discard their decapod, put it into play with two plus one plus one counters on it instead of putting it into your graveyard. That's an awesome card. <laughs> so, like, that one, I mean, that obviously you could play that in any deck, and the fact that it would come in... It, it's a 3-3 three, three for four, which isn't as good, but except when somebody makes you discard it, now it's a 5-5 five, five for free, you know? <laughs> so, uh, this, is, this is just another one of those dodecapod abilities. Um, and I think that's... I think Dodecapod saw play in sideboards a lot of times. So, I don't know. So right now, it sounds it seems to me that mill decks have been kind of destroyed by the fact that the Eldrazi have been printed, right? Right. Discard decks are going to be a little less likely to crop up if Obstinate Bailoth makes any difference. Now, this is just one card in one color, so you can't really say... It has that big of an impact. I think the Eldrazi have way more of an impact. You just throw one in your deck, right. and you could potentially play it, but otherwise, you know, just get it into your graveyard somehow, and it's fine. You know, it gets milled into your graveyard, and you can't, you know, you're not being milled. Um, this is not anywhere near as significant, but it's still, it's another option for, for green players, and a 4 4 for 4 is always good. It may only be a sideboard card. But with all the strong green stuff we've gotten recently, like, that's just legal now. I mean, Wolfbriar Elemental seems good because of its scaling opportunity. It actually seems good against red deck wins. Well, yeah. Like... A good sideboard card, right? Yeah. I mean, I'm gonna... They might not make you discard, but just dropping out... You're gonna uh, get four life. You're gonna get four life, and then you're gonna have this guy sitting there that's pretty much bigger than most of their creatures. It's like you don't really wanna play life gain cards... Yeah. Themselves. Right. So you have this guy that just it happens to also to a game. Dude, like, but that's what's always been good about things like that. I right. Mean, like uh, Loxodon Hierarch. Mm-hmm. I remember the 
the trick with locks it on hierarch and i remember doing it to you and you were like oh crap uh you played a hierarch and i was like Flames of the Blood Hand with the trigger on the stack, which which is deal four damage to target creature or player. And target player. It's, oh yeah, I think it was just target player. Deal four damage to target player, and they can't gain life this turn. So locks it on hierarch comes into uh, comes into play. Trigger goes on the stack to gain four life. Flames of the Blood Hand, you you lose four, and you don't gain the four you thought you were going to gain. <laughs> it's like an eight point life swing. Um, I don't know if we'll see maybe some sort of Flames of the Blood Hand esque card. That would be interesting. But uh, I, I I don't know. I guess we could see something. I, I, maybe Flames of the Blood Hand actually could be reprinted. It's not... Even though it was in Kamigawa block, it's not... Uh, it, its name isn't attached to that plane. So I would love to see Flames of the Blood Hand reprinted. Yeah, but then it would make Obstinate Bailoth kind of irrelevant Bailoth. I think that... Um... You want to side him in against Red Deck wins, but Red Deck wins is now siding this in or playing this main deck, and now it's like, well... So I kind of wouldn't expect them to print those at the same time, but I could be wrong. I don't know. Well, I mean, like, why would they not print an answer to the answer? I mean, like, you know what I mean? Like, it's not meant to, uh, I don't think it's really meant to stop, like, Red Deck wins so much as it is meant to, like, hose Blightning. Yeah, Yeah, fair enough. Because, I mean, it's ridiculous against Blightning. It's so stupid against Blightning. Yeah. It's like, oh, you just cascaded into Blightning? Oh, well, I'll <laughs> discard the sky. Yeah. And I get a 4-4, four, four, I gain 4 life, I net 1 life, right. you know, I discard a Vengevine, and I've got a blocker to block your Blood Braid. Yeah. It seems okay. like... Anything else? You know what I mean? Like, right, right. <laughs> all set? You sure you wanted to do that? Right. <laughs> so uh, that's all we've got for, uh, for M11 um, this week. It's not... Anywhere near as heavy as as you know the last few weeks have been, but um, but hope you know soon enough we're going to start seeing a lot more pour in. I think, especially because I believe next week should be the start of next week is yeah start of M10 official. I'm sorry, the start of M11 official spoilers. So um, lastly, from Nico Bolas on Twitter, he said, uh, "Next podcast question of the day: What previously printed card would you like to see Wizards of the Coast bring back in M11?" Mine is Dark Ritual. Think of it in New Extended. Well, go ahead. Uh, first, I want to say that, like, like I've said before, I'm not a I'm not a big fan of of, of second guessing wizards mm-hmm. in terms of like like I don't want to turn it into like a into like a discussion of what should they have done and like if I mention a card and they don't reprint it, it's like oh, eleven sucks. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I, I I think that like. It's fun to do these sort of exercises mm-hmm. with the idea of not taking it too seriously oh, and not like, well, you know, I mean, I don't know how he meant the question, but you know, some right. people will think like, some people will definitely go, man, I want to see Dark Ritual. Right? Dark Ritual. I, I was I was actually waiting you for you to say Mana Leak. Right, Mana Leak um, is my answer. I know. Of course, yeah. <laughs> I don't need to ask you. Right. I know your answer. It's kind of my answer too. I was going to say Remand. I'll take that, too. Remand would be pretty awesome. Um, you know, but chances are they don't reprint either one of those. Mm-hmm. And if they don't, it's not like, oh, well, magic sucks now. It's just like, okay, well, they didn't reprint it. You know, it's fun to say, man, I really wish they would reprint this. Of you course, know? yeah. Um, but I definitely don't like 
to try to second guess them or try to yeah. like I'm not I don't work for them you know they know what they're doing they test the stuff so like exactly I, you know that's that's just how I feel about it but with that said right well my my choice would after not giving it any thought at all is a uh, mana leak yeah <laughs> or possibly remand which I just I just want a two casting cost versatile counterspell I want counterspells to be viable and right now it just seems like they're so weak because they're not. Uh, they're not versatile enough. They're very narrow. And, uh, and right now so many, you know, doing a one-for-one isn't, isn't as great as, uh, as it used to be, I guess. You know, countering a cruel ultimatum is fantastic, but countering your, you know, I have Counterspell and you play Bloodbraid Elf kind of sucks, you know? Yeah. Okay, I'll counter maybe your elf or maybe your blightning. I guess you're blightning, unless I'm holding Vengevine and uh, and Obstinate Bale off. But you know, aside from that, so I would like to just see some more versatile counter spells. How about you? Um, it's a really good question. Right. I mean, what are the limitations here? You know, because I right. mean, I just said counterspell, and he said dark ritual. I mean, why don't you just say ancestral recall? I know, right? right? I mean, I don't know what the limitations are here, but uh, just to be realistic about it, I think mana leak is obviously a more realistic than counterspell. The one card I would like to see reprinted in M11: um, Grizzly Bears. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> No more Rune Claw. I want to see Grizzly Bears reprinted in M11. There you go. Straight up. That's what I want. I, 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 there we go. So, uh, we got a voicemail this week. This is Chris from Nothing Yet, according to the uh, <laughs> the, the translation of Google text. But if, I'll let him introduce himself. If, uh, if you would like to leave us a voicemail, you can call us 331-MTG-TAPS, and we will play it on the show, as long as it's, you know, keep it clean. Right, right. Um, to a degree. Yeah. <laughs> that we can't, that we can censor, at least. Exactly. <laughs> so, here we go. Hey, bro, Hams. Um, this is Chris from Pennsylvania. Yo, Star City Games. What's up with all the uh, Star City Games? Star City Games mentions lately Star City Games. What happened to poor Big Head Joe's comic book store? Isn't it brought by that anymore? Does he still work there? This is what we must know. Uh, also, uh, Mother of Runes for M11. Get hyped. Later. So, uh, thanks, Chris, for helping us meet our quota of saying Star City Games in every episode. Um, <laughs> just kidding, we have no quota. Uh, but we have, we are, we are definitely slacking on our Mike Flores quota for the week. That's true. Obviously, Chris answered the question from Nico Bolas on Twitter that he wants Mother of Runes in M11. I don't know that that would happen either, but I guess I've never given it any thought as far as Mother of Runes. Um, for those of you who don't know what Mother of Runes does, she's a 1-1 for a white, and the ability is uh, tap. Target creature you control gains protection from the color of your choice until end of turn. So it's a pretty strong card. Um, it's from Urza's Legacy. It was an uncommon. And, uh, I mean, I guess it could... Uh, it, it, maybe it, it, it is... Something that they could consider reprinting. It's uh, it's clean. It's not. You know, I mean, it's nice and simple. It's not anything too confusing at all, and it's no. Uh, there's no flavor attachments to it, but I guess that's that's pretty cool. I like that idea. Um, yes. No. So I still I still run uh, 
run tournaments and stuff at, at Amazing Spiral. Um, it's in Hamden. But yeah, but for the record, we mention Star City a lot because, well, they have about the best content on the internet and... Uh, and uh, we're sponsored by them. It doesn't mean that we're not allowed to talk about other sites. This is like other sites need to step it up. That's true. I think if you look back at previous episodes, we also mentioned a lot about Star City. Um, yeah, so I know. And, we've, and, and we don't really think And it. I know that I've definitely, like, criticized Star City at times and yeah. have complimented. Like, we're, we're pretty fair, you know, like... We give credit where credit's due, and we give criticism where criticism's right. due. I think uh, across the board, I think that we've definitely uh, we've been that way from the start, and we'll continue to be that way. Right. You know, like, exactly. You know, are we grateful to Star City for giving us the opportunity? They are. Hell yes. Wouldn't you be? Right. You know, yeah. like, <laughs> and we're pretty excited about it. So yeah, of course, I, I put you know, a special announcement on our blog that we are available on Star City because it's exciting to us. If so. anyone has seen the Sarah Silverman program, um, we're never going to, we're not going to turn into the tab episode of the Sarah Silverman program. Um, you know, although, uh, I, you know, wouldn't mind a magic show play that. Uh, but, uh, See, I have a magic show play Yeah, but you paid for yours. I did pay And for I will it. pay for mine, too. I'm just saying, like, <laughs> I just, you know, I would totally rock one if I had one. And, you right. know, what if that's, uh, if that's like wearing the tab hat and the tab shirt and the tab pants and driving the tab car, that's fine. I love tab, right, so well, I'm going to rock it. Exactly. That's what, what I'm, the, the thing is, you know, I wear band shirts and, and you know, I, I wear clothes that may have the name of the manufacturer on them somewhere like we talk about what we like that's just normal that's what we're going to do that's what we've always done i wear band shirts because i like the band i would wear a star city shirt because i like star city i have a magic show playing that you know why because i like the magic show that's you know just what goes on it just comes along with it so uh you know the fact that we we mentioned star city isn't any uh, it's, it's no change from anything from before. And we've mentioned Star City about 30 more times this right. episode because you asked us why we mentioned Star City so much. So, <laughs> <laughs> so a couple things I want to mention before we, uh, before we wrap up. Uh, 60cards.com is a new website. Yes. Uh, very, very nice looking website. Um, check it out. It's, it's 60cards.com. Um, Games for Troops. We've mentioned them before. I wanted to give them another plug. I just sent the 37-pound box of cards to them. Uh, just all kinds of... Versus system, right? Yeah, I sent them some Versus system and some magic. Cool. About a quarter of the box may have been Versus system, or 20% of it, roughly. But, um, yeah, I just, just sent them a ton of cards. So um, if you're interested in donating some, some cards... like To me, I had so many cards just under my bed. I mean, everything was sorted. It wasn't like it was just a wreck. Like, I just shoved cards under there. I'm too anal to do that. Um, <laughs> and, but I had everything kind of sorted, but there were just so many cards that I just didn't touch. There were, like, boxes of cards that I wasn't using, you know, and, and why have those... For one thing, why have them taking up space in my room? I pay rent to live here. I need the space to put stuff that I use. So, I... I would like it helps me out to actually get rid of these cards and it is great to be able to give them to people who are going to use them especially something like games for troops so if you have a ton of old stuff you know that, that's a great place to donate them so uh, the website is ccgamers.org and trust me if you're about to move or, or if you plan on moving at any point 
it's a real pain to move a ton of cards. So if you can just kind of take a bunch of that stuff and just get rid of it, you don't got to worry about moving it when you're moving. You know, it's just one less thing to worry about. So uh, lastly, this isn't magic related exactly, but I have a feeling a lot of magic players may like it. I just found out uh, yesterday that University of Maryland has a gamer symphony orchestra. And it's basically an orchestra that plays video game music, including, you know, Final Fantasy. They've, they've got uh, Super Mario Brothers music that they kind of cover. And it's really neat. Uh, and, and you can download the MP3s of their, like, spring and fall concerts. So uh, if you want to check that out, it's umd.gamersymphony.org. Uh, and I'll put a link in the show notes. So check it out. Um, I think that's everything. Uh, I as, think so, too. We mentioned the the Arch Enemy stuff. Yeah. I, how did you like Arch Enemy? I loved playing Arch Enemy against you. When we were just playing one-on-one? Yeah, I mean, there was. I thought it was really good. I felt like I couldn't lose. Yeah, I lost every game. It was not fun at all. But, I mean, it was... But why I, mean, I, I thought You was, had the Arch Enemy deck. How was I supposed to... And, ever but you could have... I mean, you could have easily come back and beat me, right? Yeah, easily. I was at 40 life. I had the Arch Enemy deck. And, you know, you should be able to beat me. Uh, yeah, I, I don't think that's how it's supposed to work. Oh. Well. Plus your cards were bigger than mine. Yeah. <laughs> so as always, we are available on O2Drop.com, MTGMetagame.com, TheStarkingtonPost.com, Top8Magic.com, on occasion, MTGCast.com, and of course, StarCityGames.com. We also have our own website, IWantMyMTG.com, where you can check out past episodes, blog posts, and any kind of other kind of things we like to throw up there. You can get t-shirts. You can get free stickers. T-shirts aren't free, but you can buy a t-shirt on our website. The stickers are free. Just send us an email at YoMTGTaps at gmail.com and send us your address, and we'll send you out some free stickers. Shit, I forgot what I was going to say. I really did have something to say. You did look Um, Don't do that. I mean, while you're talking. Um, God damn it. What was it? It was something about the website. Oh, yes. Okay, I remember now. So now that we're on, like, so many other sites, mm-hmm. I feel like I can actually start doing blog posts again because I really didn't want to do blog posts that would bump our podcast down the line on, on oh, our right site. Oh, right on, right on. So I was always, like, hesitant. Like, when we post something new, oh, I'd be like, ooh, I want to write a blog. And I'm like, but I don't want to bump it down. I don't want someone to go to our site and be yeah. like, blog post, and then, like, you know, either get bored and stop reading mm-hmm. or whatever. And like, But now that we have the podcast, you know, on all these different sites, I feel like... Yeah, you know, that makes start sense. Start po- yeah. uh, blogging with a little more frequency. So that's good. You can voice. You can send us a voicemail three three one MTG taps. You can find us on YouTube. Type in Bane Slayer Angel, and it's the first video. Defacing uh, Bane Slayer Angel is the name of the video. Yeah, and then you can click on our channel from there. Right, it's it's really not much on there at the moment. We even have a Vimeo channel because I think the uh, the we did a video for the World Wake pre-release, remember? Right. It's not on YouTube because YouTube, like, I don't know, was... Ten-minute minute dumb. limits. Yeah. Ten-minute limits. And I, I, think my, I think the video was 12 minutes or something stupid, so we couldn't put it on there. So um, maybe we'll put a link to that somewhere. I, I believe it's on IWantMyMTG.com somewhere back in February or January. So if you mm. look back at that. Um, we're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. 
at Yo MTG Taps, and you can follow just me at Affinity for Blue. So thanks everybody for listening. We welcome your feedback. Uh, let us know if you think there's a way we can improve the show, or if you have any comments or, or anything that you'd like to uh, hear us talk about. Let us know. Thanks again for listening. Thanks. Bye bye. So on the phone right now we have Kelly Reed, founder of QuietSpeculation.com, and uh, and also you have your own game store, uh, Dragons Den. Is that right? That is correct in uh, Lafayette, Indiana. Cool, cool. So uh, I figured we'd we'd uh, do a little punk rock podcasting here in the middle of the night. Um, yeah, man. <laughs> talk about yeah. the uh, maybe talk about the new extended. I, I'm actually curious to hear your thoughts on on this. Oh uh, man, I am so excited about this. I mean, I'm not playing a lot of competitive magic right now. I just don't have the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but damn, if that doesn't make me want to bust out the cryptic commands and start beating face again. Oh, I really yeah. like what they've done. I mean, so many players at my store don't play Extended because they can't afford, like, Infinite Shocklands and GTAs and Confidants and what have you. They just can't afford that. Like, they weren't playing when Ravnica came out. Hell, I hadn't been playing for a while when Ravnica came out. I uh, took a break for Kamigawa Bloss and just didn't get back into Warwind. So, like, Extended was this big thing that no one wanted to try to commit to. Like, the pros were having trouble testing it because there's so many different synergies and, like, there's all these new tech to keep up with and a new expensive card. No one's really going to miss that extended. Like, no one wanted to say it, but that extended format blew really hard. It yeah. Play Thopter Foundry combo or play Dark Depths combo. Wait, just make them the same deck. And that was the format. No one wanted to play that because it was boring as hell. Exactly. Now it's got a much more diverse format. Yeah, it's... People are trying to say it's you know, Pro Tour Kyoto era standard, which is just not true. I mean... Remember the end of that standard, we had green-white tokens coming to the forefront, using stuff like Spectral Procession with not Vine Paladin? Oh, yeah. You guys are like, no one remembers that deck. Like, no one remembers how that just trashed regionals in 2009, like, completely and thoroughly. Yeah, I definitely forgot about it until you just mentioned it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, key plays there, Wilt Leaf Leech. Yeah, well, Jund is back, and Lightning is back. That means Wilt Leaf Leech back. you got to think three levels ahead, you know? It's not rocket science. Exactly. Um, what are some of the other cards that I would use now? Uh, Black-white tokens. I mean, that's still a deck. Yep. But green-white, I think, was proven to be the better version of the Spectral Procession Aggro deck. Not Vine Paladin. Like, on Magic Online, if it's a 15 cent rare, like, I, I think I should be buying them now. You just never know. I mean, if you lose 60 cents on the trade, you're not going to, you know, starve to death. But, right. you know, making 4 or $5, that's like, you know, that adds up really quickly to real money. Yeah, exactly. That's what I've done a lot of online. What's that? And that's what I've been doing a lot of on Magic Online lately, is these, like, penny stock trades. Like, Renegade Doppelganger, as we're, as we're talking, I am just buying out every Renegade Doppelganger on Magic Online, and I am not even joking. No, I totally agree with you because I, I I actually posted a, a blog post about it when uh, when Rise came out because I was I saw the interaction with that and Vengevine and I thought wow that just seems like it could be part of a deck and now yeah, that's just savage yeah I, was, I kept seeing Steve Satan's article today and I was just thinking to myself have you read that yet? yeah yeah I just read it and actually yeah, okay. uh, we didn't talk about I'm it on, on the podcast going, what's that. Is this a real thing? Am I like? Am I gonna start playing John Charm again because of this? 
Yeah, I mean, I guess Joe and I didn't talk about it on the podcast because the article was just posted today, um, and yeah. uh, we podcasted two days ago. We recorded. So um, just for anybody out there who doesn't know what we're talking about, um, there's basically a new standard dredge deck that uh, Steve Saden wrote an article about, and um, it's essentially... Uh, you know, dredge vine, I guess. It's, you know, venge vine, renegade doppelganger, hedron crab, uh, enclave, enclave cryptologist. Uh, all the looter effects you can pack into it. Right. All the so creatures you can pack into it, and they're all really cheap. Like, if I can jump in on that one, I've, been, I've just been looking at this deck list. So you've got eight creatures that just come straight out of the graveyard with blood gas and venge vine. Uh, they sometimes even are nice enough to give you haste on the creature in like 75% of the time. So you didn't just, you have these insane turns where you like heed your crab for your first creature, then play a fetch land and mill yourself for a, a bajillion, bring back a blood ghast, then you play like a second creature and bring back the vengevine you mill, it's like another hedron crab. So you just, and then next you untap and like renegade doppelganger into an extractor demon and mill them out. Like it just has these turns it just generates so much virtual advantage, it's mind-numbing. I cannot wait to play this tomorrow. I'm putting it together as soon as I get to the store. Yeah, it looks pretty nuts. Like, uh, I, I don't know, I, I definitely didn't see it coming. I mean, like I said, I, I, I saw the renegade <laughs> doppelganger thing, but not sure. this, yeah. I mean, it looks like an other pile. You're like, blood gas and dendrines, you're not, like, you're not even playing forests in the deck. Like, you're using a, a draft card in Enclave Cryptologist to Drax's alcoholism, sure, let's just play two Eldrazi monuments and the Miser's Ponder in there and call it a deck. And, like, it's got Calcite's Mapper in the sideboard. It's like a bad draft deck, and I think it's the coolest thing I've ever seen. Yeah. Well, let me just say, this is not like some random Moto deck that's been kicking around. This guy won money at a 5K. This guy top four to 5K with the deck. So it's at least got the potential. Yeah, I didn't see where the deck actually originated from. I just... Uh... You know, I, I saw Satan's okay. article. Well, we have to give props then to uh, Devin O'Donnell. If he listens to the uh, Yo MGG Taps podcast, he ought to, and good for him. If he <laughs> doesn't, and you know him, tell him to listen. But uh, really, though, yeah, he won a, uh, I don't know exactly how much, but he took third slash fourth place at the uh, 5K PCG player in Hartford, Connecticut. Okay. Which is definitely not like a soft area. Like, it's all the guys from New York will be able to drive to that, and like all the Jersey Ringers. Anyone from Boston can get to it. Like, it's about a soft 5K. Right. And this deck just looks so cool, and I'm really excited to wake up tomorrow morning to uh, $1.50 Renegade Doppelgangers. And I'll take the, uh, I'll play all the over-under. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, sure, sure. Go price at noon tomorrow. Noon tomorrow. Okay. Noon tomorrow, MTGO price of Renegade Doppelganger. And this is at 2.52 a.m. Eastern Standard Time on Thursday. I'm saying over 75 cents. Are you saying uh, over or under 75 cents? Hmm. So what is it at now? Uh, hard to say. I'm, like, I just bought a bunch of 10 cents, but finding them for 10 cents was really tough. Like, MTGO Traders is out of stock. Um, most stores are, like, at four or less. Okay. And it's so hard to say, but, like, you can still find them for 10 cents, but it's not easy. Okay. And believe me, this article is making the rounds. I, th I agree with you. I'm gonna. I'll just go with the under, just so we have. Uh, just so we can. We have two two different uh, opinions here, but I'll go with the under. But right. I I think it'll go over uh, pretty soon, but maybe not as soon as noon tomorrow. 
So. All right. So you're taking the under with a caveat. All right. Right. Exactly. I, I, yeah. I don't think That's it'll fine. stay that way for long. I think. I think he'll definitely uh, start to. You know what? I'm glad you'll be having uh, waffles for breakfast then. <laughs> you, know, you just want to have it both ways, man. <laughs> nice try. All right. So you're taking the under on seventy-five cents. I hope I'm right because I just bought like twenty dumb things. I hope they end up being worth something. No, I mean, I, like I said, I don't think it's going to take much longer than noon. But I, I you know, just for <laughs> yeah. for yeah, entertainment's I, sake. I mean, it's all the same to me. Right. So, uh, so I actually, I have a little bit more to uh, to talk to you about the new extended. Um, Definitely. The. Uh, one I want to get it in there. What's? Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, the, so the new extended, how do you think this affects the price of cards that are kind of, you know, either time spiral block or like ro- or c- cards that are rotating out of like Ravnica block and... Uh, okay, first and foremost, like time spiral block has already rotated as far as I'm concerned. There right. no relevant extended events in Magic between now and when time spiral ceases to be legal. I don't care if you're playing FNM, you're not playing a real relevant map, get a life, etc., etc., Time Spiral's gone. Right. It rotated. And all those cards are now worth nothing. Ever again. You can talk about Legacy all you want, but until the next major format shift, those cards are totally worthless. I mean, for EDH purposes, sure, the Shockman's a whole, like, five bucks. But they're, they're now completely Legacy irrelevant, because most of those cards weren't good enough to play in Legacy. I say most. A few will find their way in, but I don't want to play the guessing game. Because that's what Legacy is. It's a guessing game right now. Anyone can come up with a new tech. So right. those cards are just, they're all dead. Uh, the Shocklands, Bob, GTA. I mean, GTA's got some Legacy appeal, so GTA will probably be fine. Um, Leyline and the Void might hold some value because of Legacy Dredge, but by and large, like, that's just a set of cards that just took a dive. All the Meriden block stuff that already rotated out worth, like, almost nothing. See, and no. you can just tell, like, by the increase in prices in the new cards, like Thoughtseize, Bitter Blossom, Cryptic Command, Mute Evolved, uh, Reflecting Pool, all the cards and fairies, like, all the filter lands. You see how those go up? Like, it's not a, not technically a zero-sum system, but it's kind of close. Like, value has to come from somewhere. It's got to be derived from something. And because the former best mana-fixing and the former best, you know, lands are now no longer available, the next best thing take their place in the sort of financial curve of things. Right. Like, the best Planeswalkers in Standard are like, there's two of them, and they're worth like 50 bucks each. Or, you know, Jace doesn't even count. He's not a Planeswalker, he's a deck. Like, forget him. <laughs> but there's a, there's a slot for like two or three Planeswalkers in Standard at that price tag. And like, well, if Elspeth ceases to be good, then, you know, the next one that takes her place will be. It's just kind of how the market itself out. Right. But New Extended, there's tons of possibilities for brewing and like, just, you're not going to be wrong if you play one of the standard decks card for card in New Extended. Yeah, and that's that's another question I had. Well, just real quick about the uh, the cards that are rotating or just have just been cut out of the format. Uh, because those prices are going to plummet, what do you think of the idea of trying to scoop them up cheap in case they they do announce some sort of uh, in between format between uh, or that's kind of Mercadian masks and forward like the, the you know the, the new right. legacy as people have been speculating about. So what you're saying is if they if they suddenly like render revised duels obsolete, then all of a sudden the Rav duels are going to become the new Beth mana fixing for 
whatever format replaces Legacy that they're considering or if they are rumored to be considering. Right. It's a possibility, but they don't just they don't just like kind of run it out there. They at least do it at the prescribed band restricted changes. Yeah. Schedule in advance. I think like a month or even a week, you know, just to avoid like getting caught off guard by like an early spoil. It's like three weeks, two weeks before the next band restricted list change. See if you can get some really good buys on like if you can get Shocklands for like under five dollars or eh, let's make it under four. Mm-hmm. I think that would probably be good. That's just a number I'm throwing out there. It's not like technical or precise or nothing. But if you can get stuff where it's just like a quarter of its original price, it's going to be hard to do wrong because you'll always be able to sell the best cards or trade the best cards just for people who want them for like a one-of collection, like an EDH player. is like, hey, I just need a one. I just need one cryptic because it's just as good in EDH. Like, mana fixing is always going to be good because of all the oddball formats people play, and you just never know. Right, and there's also the possibility of them reprinting the Ravnica duels because I, from what I understand and what I remember, they uh, they deliberately named them kind of generically so they could fit into any any uh, plane, I guess, any any sort of storyline. You know, they're not they don't have like sp- plane specific names, and um, and I think I they were pretty they happy. We're going to see them in Scars of Mirrodin, so I don't think that's worth worrying about for a good long while. Right. But yeah, I just figure no. over time, you know, over the next few months as they start to pretty much uh, plummet in price and value, I, right. I think that it's probably a good thing to do is to just get them, you know, not necessarily go all in, but, you know, get your play sets and just have them in case they are reprinted or uh, or they make this new format, you know, that, that people have been kind of clamoring for as far as, you know, people that want to play something like a legacy but can't afford the dual do lands you, and things like that. Do you think that most people want, uh, like, this, like, hyper-extended or, like, super-extended where it's Mercanian masks and forward? Do you think that that's what the majority of people want? Because, like, I kind of think that's what people are into. I, I think, think people would by and large be happy with that decision, just like they were. You also have nobody said anything bad about the extended change, like on Twitter. No one was like, Wizards is screwing us again. They're like, well, those Shocklands are useless. Now we get to play Fun Magic again. Yeah, it wasn't. It was. There were some people complaining, but they were more complaining about the loss of value of cards that they right. bought, like Dark Depths and the Shocklands and things that yeah. they spent a lot of money for. But uh, Anybody but, who knows anything, by the way, New Dark Depths price would not last. Now, I'll be the first to say I should have been there when, like, the Hexmage came out. Man, I didn't see it, and I thought it was a bad combo. I just didn't have the vision. I didn't call it, and, you know, I missed that one. But nobody in their right mind can believe that Dark Freaking Depths was a $40 card for the rest of its life. It's just not going to happen. Something had to kill the prices of those cards, and that's what did it. Yeah. Well, when the, when the deck started to uh, dominate the format, I mean, there was either either they were going to do something like they did, which you know nobody really saw coming. But I kind of expected them to make something, either ban Hex Mage or or something, ban Dark Depths. Uh, and Dark Depths. There's no purpose except to be a broken combo card. Yeah, pretty much. Hex Mage has is a great, elegant, legitimate card that dominates combat. The turn it comes out for you know. That's a two-drop really cam. It's not called Tarmogoyf. And it kills Planeswalkers. It stops cheeky shenanigans. You know, it's just a great card. But Dark Depths, either you're paying, what is it, 30 mana for a 2020 Indestructible, which never happens ever, or you're 
taking it into play somehow. So it's obviously like, just like Hypergenesis, it existed only to be broken. No one was going to play it for full price. Exactly. And that's the card, that's the card you ban. And I think that's how they think about it, too. Right. So, uh, you, you mentioned Tarmogoyf. What do you think about the price of Tarmogoyf? I mean, he sees play hey, in, in Legacy, but... Hey, Dom. What's that? His price was propped up by the fact that he needed four and extended to compete. And that's not really up to debate. Like, unless you're playing one of the next level blue style decks or something, like, or the... Not next level blue, but like, you know, someone on the control decks. If you're playing aggro in extended, mm-hmm. like Zoo, whatever, like, aggro alone with that team in the deck, like, anything where you're turning guys sideways and they're not 2020 flying indestructible merit wage tokens, you're playing Tarmogoyf. And you had to keep a set or else you weren't going to compete in the format. You know how many people play Extended versus how many people play Legacy? Compared to, like, the month before a Legacy Grand Prix, compare that to um, a month of Extended PTQ season. It's the Extended that drives the demand. Tom Rogers hit triple digits in Extended season. Right, you're right. Not yeah. for Grand Prix Chicago, for Extended season. There's Good no call. Extended season to prop his price up anymore. I think 40 is fine for him. 50 is fine, but... Yeah, and that's... Kill Tarmogoyf. Tarmogoyf's dead. Jace is the new... Jace is the new most expensive card in, in contemporary magic. Yeah. And that's... You know, it's going to stay that way for a very long time. Now, the other question about this new extended, what do you think it does to the prices of current cards in standard that, you know, that are about to rotate? Think cards like uh, Maelstrom Pulse and Elspeth, which I think normally would have dropped off somewhat... Do you think they maintain their value, or, or maybe don't drop as far as they would have because now they're uh, they're actually more playable in the new extended than they would have been in the old extended? I completely agree that they are not going to drop nearly as hard. I usually notice, like I did an article about this a couple weeks back uh, about chart analysis mm-hmm. to try to predict when and what would happen to the shards of Alara block cards that are uh, rotating. Mm-hmm. And the conclusion I came to was right around this time, like late May, early to mid-July, we're getting to the end, or June, I mean, sorry, May <laughs> to June, we're getting to the end of the period where the Shards block stuff would start to, it, once it hits the dip, it just goes down really quickly. There's like a, it's hard to say what triggers it, but it's like, it's like an economic landslide. Enough people decide that it's time to, quote, get in before the rush, before everyone gets off the sinking ship. Enough people think that, that it just hits critical mass and it self perpetuates. So it's like, you know, one guy decides in like late April, eh, I gotta get rid of my shard stuff. And then in May, like, more people decide, but then some people have PTQ in June that they want to keep their cards for. But it's like, once you hit that critical mass of like, I don't need the cards for a PTQ. People are already selling their stuff, and I need the money to pre-order my, you know, new product. It hits a critical mass, and all those factors come together, and then you get this really nice, elegant, downward sloping arch that evens out at the other end. It's really, it's really predictable. It's really kind of cool that we can we can see those prices thanks to Black Lotus Project charting the data. Mm-hmm. And so, I don't think we're going to see that nearly as drastically. Usually drops are predictable 50%, you know, from 20 to 10, from 10 to 5, from 5 to 2.5, or whatever it is. Right. But now that we're, we're going to get approximately 50% more use out of it because you know, it's half the format size. Right. Approximately. We're going to get more use. I think, you know, I, you know, my prediction based on really bad math, like, don't let me ever do your taxes, but <laughs> <laughs> it 
it's about 50% here. Let's just say it drops about 50% less. So let's say a card like Elspeth, I would expect her to drop to about 20 from 50 or from 40, whatever she's at, mm-hmm. about half. Now she's at 40. I could see her going to 30 because she's not usable in standard, but she's still probably very, very good in extended. Right. That's the difference. Before she wasn't that special and extended, but she still got played. Now I think she's kind of going to be defining. Yeah. So, so you think something like Maelstrom Pulse hangs around about fifteen oh, instead yeah. of the twenty, or is that Maelstrom Pulse? Very specifically because it's so darn good against fairies. Mm-hmm. I mean, it kills their Blossom. It kills their. Um, it kills their horde of tokens. You know, and it's just amazing against everything else. And it's the, in its era when it was the only. I mean, it was the best removal in standard, and it still is. But when it was low in standard, mm-hmm. it was still awesome. Right. If it was awesome and low in standard, it's probably going to be worth money. So do you think it might actually increase in price since, you know, they're not going to uh, be... Nobody's opening shards. in the heat of PTQ season. I see. But only, only if it's better in extended than it is in standard. Like, yeah. Let's, say, let's pretend Volcanic Fallout was a mythic rare, okay? Right. It would be like, like you know, like it's like, it's like Comet Storm instead. But like, you know, with the, I'm so good against fairies, they probably just can't beat me if I resolve one. You remember that, right? Absolutely. A fairies, how fairies just crumble to a well-timed fallout. Absolutely, yeah. Oh, that was just a thing of beauty. Uh, <laughs> Not from my side. I, I, what's that? When it was in standard last time, can't you imagine it being like a $15, $20 mythic? What's that? If if volcanic fallout was mythic, is that what you said? If fallout was a mythic, yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. It being like a really, but now wouldn't it be like a three or four dollar mythic? Yeah, that makes sense. It just that's that's the difference. Is in standard now, fallout is still terrible. Like no one needs a volcanic fallout when you've got next level bad recurring fifteen hundred creatures a turn with like their crazy engine. You don't need to do two to the board. Right. Exactly. But when when fairies is just dominating your local FNM, you need that. So it's really going to depend on, like, is the card better in extended than it is in standard? Yeah. And, and I'm not a good enough or experienced with a player to really know exactly what's, uh, what's what. I mean, it, Jund being, you know, one of the most popular decks still, and, it, you know, it had been for a while the most popular deck, uh, and it, they were always running some amount of pulses. So, you know, the more I think about it, the more I, I can't imagine it being more more popular in extended than it has been in standard because I mean it pretty much was you know a main deck card in one of the most popular decks and and now you know not being playable in standard takes that away so so. five color control for a long time it bounced between the starting rotation and the bench but uh I mean it was a staple in five color control like how does five color control be fairies right well volcanic fallout (laughs) All out them, yeah. And it was an absolute format staple. It was the only card that kept fairies remotely from dominating. So, when you think contextually, it's not about some, like, ephemeral, is what's this card worth? It's just about how relevant is this card to the format that we're about to see. Right. Um, great Sable Stag. Like, I can't believe the Stag isn't, like, $15 on Magic Online. It's, like, $0.60 cents on MTGO. Wow. Which I think is crazy. I think that's absolutely insane. But, uh, well, I, you know, I put my money where my mouth was. I bought myself a set. I should have bought, like, ten sets, but such is life. Yeah. Well, it's, uh, it's, that's one of the more interesting cards, because I remember when it first was spoiled, people were saying, you know, okay, it might be the end of fairies, but, you know, 
maybe not and you know it looked like it was supposed to be and i think it started off at like three bucks and then it was like 15 bucks by like you know a couple weeks later and then i remember at u.s nationals did you go to u.s nationals in kansas city last year no i haven't been to nationals for uh since it was in baltimore in 2007 right i was out there star city invited me to come work uh, at their little booth and thank you to them because that's where i met evan and that's where he put me on the magic show but I had been talking to, uh, to um, Pete and Ben, and, and I just started quiet speculation, and they were kind of intrigued in what I do. And I really wanted to go to Nats, and I was like, I can't really justify spending money on this trip. So I was like, I think they even offered, they were like, hey, if you're going to be at Nats, like, do you want to work at the booth for us? Just to see how, the, you know, see how it goes. And I just remember sitting in that booth, and I just kept, they just kept being like, what's that, what do we, what do we have stags at? And I was like, if I'm at like 10, okay, bump them up to 11. Never mind, they that twelve. Like we just kept going up. I think we ended the day like fifteen or sixteen bucks on the stupid thing. Yeah, because just everyone needed it at Nats that year. Like fairies wasn't even that big of a deal. Like what format was that? That was that Nats was standard. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Which was pre Zendikar. So yeah, I mean fairies was like a deck, but it was definitely not like it was like that was the point of the season where they were just cre- crazy decks, like called a Skybreaker deck, like crazy control <laughs> oh, yeah. deck, like. There was some outright nutty shit going on in those tables, but... Yeah. There, it always seems like Nationals has, like, these strange decks that pop up and then disappear. <laughs> like, like even when, uh, what was it, LSV, when he won Nationals back in, in Baltimore in 2007, uh, you know, he had that Arcanus the Omnipotent, like, deck. Oh, yeah. And, like, what happened? <laughs> I guess part of it has to do with rotation. Like, you know, the decks can't stay for very long because half the cards just disappear, you know, two months later. Right. And that's kind, of, that's kind of the cool thing is we get to see, uh, we get to look now and see, like, what Lorwind and Shadowmore Standard would have looked like if it was allowed to evolve. Yeah. And I think that's what extended should be. Yeah, yeah, really. Like, you're going to play Standard A, which is, like, the first set and the second set, then Standard B, which is the second and the third set, and then you can play Standard with the third and the fourth set, or the third and the fourth set, so it's none of the original two sets, then you're going to play them all together. It's like this long, drawn-out evolution of a format, and I think it's just awesome. Yeah. I think we're going to see really, really next-level stuff, because you can in, you can really study how cards in two formats, in two sets, like two blocks, interact for a long time as opposed to just two years now you can really study them without having to devote your energy to like 12 different set interactions yeah it's it's, every set. it's really neat like i'm i'm really excited about it i mean i have a lot of those old ravnica duels and gta's and stuff so i could have technically played old extended but i didn't because it just didn't seem as attractive to me but this does seem like It's just a lot more. Uh, it's a lot more interesting. Somehow, by by actually limiting our options, it's made things more interesting than less. And it's oh, neat that's how really interesting. Say that. Um, well, I have heard this from multiple sources, and I am inclined to believe it's true. Um, limitation breeds creativity. Yeah, I think Mark Rosewater has has said that, and I've heard it elsewhere yeah. as well. Yeah, Evan Irwin said that to me when we were first when I was first working for. Uh, doing the magic show thing yeah, I was like well I, I'll go on for like four or five minutes he's like no man you have three minutes precisely you can't fit it into three minutes and they worth saying there's something to that effect I'm like okay he's like trust me you'll be amazed what you can do with three minutes when you know that's all you have to work with 
And he was right. Like, I did stuff in three minutes. I couldn't have explained it in an hour. <laughs> that's really, and that's neat. very true. Yeah. I, I'm, I might have to keep that in mind. I mean, I've definitely thought of it from time to time, but I'm going to have to try to keep that in mind, even, uh, even with us for the podcast, because, you know, to... Yeah. To just you know limit the amount of time, the amount of space for something, it just seems like the the content will be richer just for that. So. True, and it'll, it'll seem more professional, more structured. I, I say this as we're having a, a great meandering discussion about the state of the game. <laughs> exactly. There's a there's a time and a place for sort of the brain dump podcast, and there's a time and a place for the structured, um, the, the stability of the structure of a tight script. Exactly. And. You know, I know a lot of people, especially the more creative types, a lot of people who you find in media, um, they really seem to prefer the meandering thought process because they can explore a lot of different topics. Mm-hmm. But sometimes I think it's wise to partner up with somebody who's a little more structured and grounded. So you have the creative type and the business-minded type that you have to, if you can work together creatively, you can really produce some good good content. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Um, so I guess on that note, you want to, uh, you want to cut things off here? I, I do have to get back to work, but, uh, I definitely wanted to have you on and, and hopefully I can have you on again sometime soon. We can do another yeah. middle of the night, midnight snack podcast, I guess. Hey, these, these work well for me because, I mean, I don't open up the store till the early afternoon, so I get to sleep in most days. That's cool. It has been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm so happy to see you guys on Star City Games. Thanks. I love me Star City Games. Congratulations. That's a big step. And keep rocking, guys. I've been giving away your stickers in my store. And yeah, tell people where to get stickers. How do you get the cool stickers? Uh, you can just email us and you know send us your address, and I send out the stickers. That's uh, email address so nice you have to say it twice. What is it? It is yomtgtaps at gmail dot com. So it's yomtgtaps at gmail.com. That's right. <laughs> I got it. Well, now on that bombshell, uh, thank you so much again for having me, and I'm going to go buy me some more Renegade doppelgangers. Cool. Have fun. Thanks a lot, Kelly. Bye.